Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're having a great day today. Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 54 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Now, before we get started, if you have not heard of the Squat U Club, listen up. Every single day when I make a post on Instagram, if you like the post and comment on it with the hashtag Squat U Club as fast as possible, you will be entered into a daily drawing where I pick one person to work with on whatever you need. I'm talking if you have an achy back, if you have a technique issue with knee cave or your arms not locking out in a jerk, we can work on that one giveaway every single day. I think I just got done with the maybe 155th uh, hashtag Squat U Club giveaway. So if you have not gotten on that, be sure to go on Instagram, click on the three little dots in the upper right part of the Squat University profile so you can set your notifications and be notified whenever a new post goes live so that you can enter into a chance to win some of my time in helping fix whatever you need. So let's get to today's content. Today's topic for the podcast is on banded joint mobilizations. I'm sure you've seen them all over the internet the past couple years. So today, let's get to the bottom of the question. Are they legit? Do they really work or is it a total waste of time that some CrossFit coach made up and cooked up so that your warm-up looks super cool? I mean, we've all seen the meme posts where someone's bouncing around in a rack with a thousand bands on, obviously making fun of the idea of using banded joint mobilizations. But can they really be useful? Let's find out. Let's get to the bottom of this topic. Are banded joint mobilizations legit? Let's talk about how to use them, uh, if you really need them, what they're supposed to be using or what they're supposed to be doing, and what the research says. So let's start with this. What are banded joint mobilizations supposed to be doing? What is the goal of them? So let's first start with the two most common joints that we use them with, the ankle. Now, banded joint mobilizations during the ankle, the goal is to be able to help improve the way in which the bones of the ankle move over each other. Now, let's bring in the first piece of scientific research. This is an article called The Efficacy of Mobilization with Movement for Patients with Limited Dorsiflexion After Ankle Sprain, a Crossover Trial. Yes, that is a mouthful, and that is what a lot of research has, very long, drawn-out article names. But let's get to the bottom of it. When you go into a deep squat, a deep clean, a snatch receiving position, you need a lot of ankle mobility. That is the movement of dorsiflexion, which means your knee goes over your toe. If we're looking at the ankle, that is actually a bunch of small bones deep inside your ankle moving around on each other. When you look at the way in which the bones move, there is a bone called your talus in your foot, and it is supposed to glide backwards on your tibia, which is your big shin bone, when you move into dorsiflexion. So you're going down into a deep squat, your knee's moving over your toe. If we took an x-ray and looked at your ankle joint, what it's doing, naturally that talus bone, which is one of the top bones in your foot, is gliding backwards toward your heel with respect to your shin bone as it goes over your toes um, during ankle dorsiflexion. 
So the goal of a banded joint mobilization is to help improve this glide. So it's called an accessory motion, a very small joint-on-joint, bone-on-bone glide. Basically, the goal is to use a mobilization, which was first termed back in the physical therapy world as a Mulligan's Mobilization Movement, or MWM. It's based on a physical therapist that came up with a number of different mobilizations, basically ability to move the joints one on top of the other. But the goal is to help improve the way in which that talus bone is moving. Is it getting locked up? and not gliding backwards like it should. So that is what we're doing when we're doing a banded joint mobilization or the goal for it at the ankle. Now, let's go to the next most common joint, which is the hip joint. Now, there's not as much research on the hip joint with self-banded joint mobilizations or just banded joint mobilizations in general. But there is a research article that came out in the IJSPT, International Journal of Sports Physical Therapy, called Restricted Hip Mobility, Clinical Suggestions for Self-Mobilization and Muscle Re-Education. Basically, they're talking about the goal, what we're using mobilizations for, and ideally what you would be doing them for for different purposes. Now, the goal with a self-mobilization technique is to improve capsule and potentially some of the other connective tissue mobility that surrounds the joint. So the hip joint is one of the biggest and strongest joints in the entire body. It's basically a ball, which is the end of your femur, in socket, which is your pelvis bone, your hip socket right there called your acetabulum. So the goal with that is to help improve the mobility of all the tissues that surround that ball and socket joint. That's your hip capsule, which is a very thick piece of multiple uh, tissues that surround that area, basically sort of hold everything together. If they are presumed to be stiff in any one area, it can limit how the actual ball and socket moves. So if you have stiffness that has developed in, let's say, the posterior or lateral side of the hip capsule, it would then lead to the ball sitting a little awkwardly and not in the center of the hip uh, socket itself. So then when you go to move, because the ball is not sitting in the center of the hip socket, you're getting an off-axis movement greater inclination for things like hip impingement. Basically, the ball's rolling around and smashing into the front side of the hip socket because it's being pushed forward. It's not starting directly in the center. So that's one idea behind it, but the banded joint mobilizations, and we'll talk about how you're doing them, can also be thought to help improve um, what we would call as muscle re-education. We'll talk about that in a second. So Basically, we've talked about the ankle and the hip. Those are the two most common places where you would use a joint mobilization. Um, And that's just a self-banded joint mobilization because, again, these are things that I'm trying to teach others that they can do outside of the clinic. Now, there are many other places where we use joint mobilizations as physical therapists, as chiropractors. For example, the shoulder. I use posterior joint mobilizations a number of times, especially on those who have just had, let's say, a shoulder surgery and their capsule has become adaptively stiffened because they've been stuck 
in an arm brace for the last six weeks. So things like that can be helpful for the shoulder, but I would hesitate to ever give someone a self-banded joint mobilization for the shoulder. Uh, I think that's often a bad idea. And if you see someone recommending it without first being assessed by a physical therapist or chiropractor, I would be very hesitant to try it yourself. So let's talk about the next step. We talked about what they are and what the goal of using them for. Let's talk about what would you use each one of them for. Is it right for your body? So let's go back to the ankle. So we talked about that a banded joint mobilization, the goal is to help improve the posterior glide of the talus bone. So we want to help the bones move well over one another so that you can improve dorsiflexion, ankle mobility, get to a deeper squat. How do you know if you even need to use this? It's a very simple test. I'm sure many of you have seen me use it many times and show it across social media. It's called the five-inch wall test. You're going to kneel down by a wall. Put your foot five inches, the big toe, five inches from the base of the wall. Keep your heel down. Try to touch your knee to the wall without your heel popping up. What happened? Could you get there or not? If you couldn't, it means that you're lacking ankle mobility in the amount that you need if you're trying to do any deep squatting. Now, when you get there and you're trying it, let's say you fail. The next step is to think about, why did I fail? Do I have stiffness in the back of the calf? Because that could be something that we could work on with soft tissue mobilization, like foam rolling or some stretching. But some of you may have had a pinch or block sensation in the front side of your ankle. That's usually significant of a joint restriction. You see, as you try to drive your knee over your toe, you got to that point where your talus bone wasn't gliding backwards like it should. So your tibia, the big shin bone, ran into it. In that pinching sensation are the two joints, or the joint right there, the two bones coming together. Now, why would that occur? It could occur for a number of reasons. You could have uh, had a previous sprained ankle in fact, there's research showing that upwards of 45%, I believe, of people who have had a prior sprained ankle will have future issues in joint gliding, uh, for example, having this issue in uh, joint accessory movements. So you may not even have had any current pain, but if you had a sprained ankle a while ago, that may have led to you not having great joint movement in the foot and ankle right there, which led to this pinch sensation, blocked sensation, which has limited your dorsiflexion. Now, if you had that pinch sensation, think about it like this. If you have ever driven your car through a roundabout or <laughs> around a roundabout, correct? So you've gotten up to the roundabout and you're at the stop sign. You obviously just can't drive straight through the roundabout. That'd be stupid. You'd ruin the bottom of your car. So what do you do? you go around the roundabout. Well, that's exactly what happens when you have a joint restriction in your ankle. Your knee is trying to translate forward over your toe. To get into a really deep squat, it wants to go straight forward, but it can't because there's a big intersection roundabout that's been placed right in the middle of that lane. So in order to get a deeper squat, your car which means that your knee has to spin around. And in order to continue going forward, getting into a deeper squat, your shin has to move. This is the reason why a lot of times people with limited ankle mobility will also show knee cave in the very bottom of a squat. 
It's because in order for their knee to get further forward to allow them to squat that deep, their body has to make compensations. So by improving ankle mobility and cleaning up, we're effectively taking away that roundabout so that the knee can continue straight forward, but along the right path, meaning the knee stays in line with the body. So if you tried that five-inch wall test and you had that pinch sensation in the front of your ankle, research has shown that banded joint mobilizations can be very helpful at improving that joint accessory glide, getting the talus to move backwards on the tibia, meaning that you will have improved dorsiflexion mobility, improved ankle mobility, and that will allow you to have a better looking squat, a better receiving position for your snatch or your clean because you're taking away that joint mobilization. Now, will there be people that no matter how many banded joint mobilizations you do, you can just not clean that area up? Sure, it happens. For example, I had a patient that came to me a number of years ago, and he had a number of ankle surgeries from playing football back in the day. And no matter how many banded joint mobilizations we did, he just could not improve his ankle mobility. So what did we do? We said, you know what? I still want to work on ankle mobility as much as possible. You got a foam roll, do your stretches, see what we can do to maximize the potential of ankle mobility with our different corrective exercises. But when it's time to pick up a barbell, I want you to put on weightlifting shoes with a raised heel. And if you need to, maybe even another heel insert. There's a number of different companies that will have uh, small little inserts that you can put in your shoe to give you even more assistance. Because when you pick up a barbell, I want you to maximize your current potential. And that means trying to help as much as possible eliminate anything, any weak links that are hindering your movement quality. So that is an option for some people because what I want you to do, how you know if an ankle mobilization is right for you, is you test, you do the ankle mobilization, and you immediately retest. You try that 5-inch wall test again. You get in the bottom of a deep squat, and you say to yourself, is it any better? Yes or no? Because if it is right for your body and you did enough of them, you will see a dramatic improvement. Now, how many do you do? What you want to do is you want to put your foot on a box, a couple plates. You want to elevate it. You're going to have a band on the top of your foot. Because that band is going to be pulling down on the talus, improving and trying to assist in that glide. Because the band is pulling back and down on the top of your foot, not on your shin. Don't have that band up too high. Because remember, if that band is up on the bottom of your shin, what are you doing? You're trying to pull your tibia backwards. That's not the way your ankle naturally glides. You want that band on the top of your foot over the top of your talus bone. So you have the foot properly on top of a box. You have a band pulling down and back at an angle. Now you're going to just drive your knee over your toe. Get into a deep lunge like you did with that 5-inch wall test and just try to push your knee over your toe. If there's enough tension on the band, you'll have taken away that limitation, that pinch. You should no longer feel that pinch. And you're just going to rock back and forth. You're going to go forward, hold it for a couple seconds, and back. I'd maybe do about 20 of those in a row and then retest. C, was it effective for your body at eliciting the change you're trying to find? Less pinch in the front of the ankle and more ankle range of motion. Okay, so that's the ankle. The next thing we're talking about is the hip. How do you know if you should do abandoned joint mobilization for your hip? Well, we want to see first off, do you need it because of a pinch or block sensation? Is there a joint mobility issue? Let's say you are trying to do a deep squat. 
And in doing so, you feel a pinch or block sensation in the front side of your hip. That is often significant of FAI, femoral acetabular impingement. Basically, it means that your femur is running into the front side of your hip socket and creating this pinch. Now, what you can do is a simple test by yourself. If you don't have a friend, lay on your back, bring your knee all the way to your chest. Try to pull your thigh towards your chest. Now, bring your knee across your body towards your opposite shoulder. Did that recreate that pinch? That's basically like doing this test. We call it the Fidir test, where you're doing a flexion, adduction, you're pulling your thigh across your body in internal rotation. So we're bringing our knee across, our foot goes out to the side, we're internally rotating. That is often a provocative test for a hip impingement. So again, we're in a test. We're then going to retest after we do our mobilization. Banded joint mobilizations from a lateral pull are awesome for this because often I find that people have limitations because of capsular restrictions in the lateral side. So you're going to get a band across your inner groin. You're going to wind it up, get a lot of tension on it. The band's going to be pulling laterally, and you're going to get into a position where you're lunging but at a perpendicular position to where the band is attached. Now, here's what you're going to be doing. You're going to first pull your knee in towards the middle of your body. Now, because that band's there, this motion would have previously maybe created a little bit of a pinch because you're in a lunge position with your hurt or pinching leg forward and you're pulling your knee across your body. But because the band is there pulling laterally, we're creating a little gapping at the hip joint. That motion should now be pinch free. You're going to pull in, but then you're also going to push your knee out next. Now, keep your foot fully planted. Don't let your foot roll on its side. But when you drive your knee out to the side, you're going to squeeze your lateral glutes as hard as you can. This is the muscle re-education because that band is also helping pull out to the side. We're assisting those lateral glutes, and we're also turning them on at the same time. And we're going to do that same motion maybe 20 times or back. And then you're going to, again, recheck. You're going to get out of that lunge. And you're going to check that same deep squat position and maybe lay on your back and pull your knee in towards your body. Did that alleviate that pinch sensation at all? If so, that mobilization is right for your body. So to the question, are banded joint mobilizations legit? The answer is yes, they can be. I've used them multiple times over my past uh, years as a physical therapist working with patients of all levels and a number of different sport backgrounds, and they can be extremely helpful at delivering short and long-term changes in mobility for different joints, like I just shared right there. Are they right for everyone? It depends. It's a resounding it depends. Because if you don't have a limited uh, ankle mobility because of joint restriction, do you need to do a joint mobilization? No, it's not helpful for you. It's not right for your body. If you don't have an impingement of your hip, do you need to be doing a lateral banded joint mobilization? No, it's not going to be doing anything for you. Every single exercise is a different tool in your toolbox, and you need to pick out which specific one is going to help you accomplish your goal. When you approach your training day, you're going to break it down like this. What is my training goal for the day? What movements am I trying to do? Then you're going to break down what are the movement requirements. If you're trying to do a squat, you need to get into a deep squat. Obviously, we need good ankle mobility. We need good hip mobility. We need good core control. If you have a limitation in any of those, you then go to your toolbox and you go, what do I need to improve this? 
For those that have limited joint mobility due to joint restrictions, stiff capsules, um, things like that, joint mobilizations can be very helpful. So again, it always depends. But the answer is yes, they can be very legit. It's all about finding what you need, and what you need may not be exactly what your friend needs. So hope that, guys, uh, was able to settle the debate, and I hope you enjoyed the entire podcast. If you did, if you liked it, if you did not like it, please reach out to me at Squat University on Twitter. Tweet me. Let me know how you like the show. If there's anything you want me to talk about, anything you think I left off, anything you would like me to continue talking about in the future, let me know, and I will try to get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you so much for checking out today's show. It really means so much to me to lend me your ears and listen um, because I know you guys have busy days and it's great that you could invite me into your world just for a little bit. Um, Until next week, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class. On Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.